Welcome to the Peak Community Church Podcast, where weekly messages are available for your hearing. Um, I remember long ago when I was young. Long ago when I was young. All right, it wasn't that long ago. But I was young. And... Um, I don't know if you all know my story. I, I, have, I have one sister, <laughs> and I have four cousins, and they were all girls. And when my aunt passed away, I don't know, maybe I was around, I was a little younger than that, but um, there to the left, the Jane Fonda-looking lady there, that's Lourdes, that's one of my older sisters, really my cousin. Uh, to the right of me is Angie. She lives in, in, in Carmel. Uh, my cousin, half sister, kind of sister. And, and then Jania, that's my sister. And there's another, uh, two. Th- yeah, uh, Lucy, Josephine, uh, and Lucy. So and there are actually three missing to make that the Charlie's Angels. <laughs> and so what happened was my aunt passed away when I was young and she had four girls. And, uh, Rather than dividing the family up and one uncle was going to raise up one of the girls and the other aunt was going to raise, take the other, my mom said, you know what, no, we're going to keep this family together and I'm going, to, I'm going to raise all of them. So I had my four cousins plus my sister, so five girls in my house, and I was the youngest and the only boy. It was torture. And you know what, it's not like we had a house. We lived in an apartment in Queens. You know what it is to live in an apartment with one bathroom and have five girls living in that apartment? It was tough. It was tough. But, you know, being the only boy and being the baby, um, you know, uh, had some challenges growing up. And, and I can remember right around when I was about that age, awkward age, it was like right, going out right into middle school. And I look like Aiden. Aiden looks like me. Aiden. We're going to have to get him some glasses. Dude, like I remember walking in to down the, the kitchen area downstairs this one afternoon. And, and as we're there, uh, we're talking. And all of a sudden, my sisters, they started talking this language. I was like, I had no idea. I, I didn't know what speaking in tongues was. I, you know, but they just started going, and I'm like, what? Pig Latin. Pig Latin. You've heard it. You know how to speak it? What do you, what is that? All of a sudden they're communicating and having this great conversation and laughing and I'm all left out. Guess how that made me feel. Like they, they found a way to communicate right in front of me, like I'm in the room and they're talking about me in front of me and I have no idea what's going on. Oh, you mercy, Lord God, forgive her in Jesus' name. How is this so funny? I'm hurt. Pig Latin. <laughs> and you know what? I, I, I remember really feeling left out. <laughs> Like, like abandoned. I mean, it was bad enough they tried to lose me in Great Adventures one afternoon. <laughs> but that's a whole different, that's an illustration for another sermon. <laughs> but, you know, I, I realized that they found a way to veil 
a conversation from my ears and from my eyes while I was still there in the room. And, and you know, these things, it gets me to thinking, like, um, how was it that Jesus was right in front of them, speaking into their earshot, doing things right in front of them, and yet they didn't get it? They didn't get it. How could that be possible? It got me to thinking. And it reminded me that, you know, it says in the Bible that he spoke to them in parables. Spoke to them in parables. What was that all about? Doesn't he want them all saved? Well, what's a parable? Well, a parable is a simple story used to illustrate a moral or spiritual lesson. Okay, so it's something that it's something that's spiritual, it's kingdom minded. But in order to be able to make it plain and make it clear, I'm going to illustrate it using earthly objects. And I'm going to tell a story. It's a simple story that's going to explain a spiritual truth. But for some, for some, even while they were still there hearing him, they didn't they didn't get it. They couldn't hear it. For some reason, there were those that what he said was still hidden and veiled from them. And he told a story in the 13th chapter of Matthew, and it's probably one of his better known stories. You'll know it as the parable of the sower. How many people know it? The parable of the sower, right? Sowing seed. And, and he tells this parable, and immediately right after he uh, uh, tells this story, his disciples, they ask him in the 10th verse, they went to Jesus and said, why do you speak to them in parables? Why do you, why do you hide it and veil it from them or, or say it in such a way that they don't get it? And he answered and he said to them, listen to what he says. Because it has been given to you to know the mysteries. A, a good translation from that in the Greek, mysteries, is hidden truths. Truth that is hidden of the kingdom of heaven. But to them, it has not been given. It wasn't given to them to know it. But to you, it's been given. For whoever has to him, more will be given. And to and, 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 and for whoever has to him will be more given and he will have in abundance. But whoever does not have even what he has will be taken away from him. Therefore, because of this, because of that reason, I speak to them in parables. Because seeing they do not see and hearing they do not hear, nor do they understand. And in them, the prophecy of Isaiah is fulfilled, which says, Hearing you will hear and shall not understand. And seeing you will see and not perceive. For the hearts of this people have grown dull, and their ears are hard of hearing, and their eyes they have closed, lest they should see with their eyes and hear with their ears, lest they should understand with their hearts and turn so that I should or that I would heal them. But blessed are your eyes, for they see, 
in your ears, for they hear. For assuredly I say to you that many prophets and righteous men desire to see what you see and did not see it, and to hear what you hear and do not hear it. Lord, Heavenly Father, we thank you, God, for your word. It is eternal. Its principles never ending, never changing. We thank you, O God, for you are the same yesterday, today, and forevermore. I pray right now, Lord God, that you would grant us the gift of your Holy Spirit. Fill us, illuminate us, open up our eyes that we may see, open up our ears that we may hear, oh God, to have hearts to understand and to turn towards you, oh Lord, to serve you, our living King. We ask it in Jesus' name, amen and amen. I love this passage of Scripture. Because Jesus pulls the ultimate Jedi mind trick. He's got, he's got it. He's got it. Not only was he able to speak the truth in their presence and have it veiled and hidden from their sight and from their understanding. But, but even while he did that, he proves that his ability to do that also grants him the fulfillment of a prophecy that was written 720 years ago. That's like double dipping. That's like Jesus coming in and saying, I'm going to fulfill it and I'm going to fulfill it full. Think about it. Not only is he giving a teaching and and hiding it in plain sight, but he also has the ability to fulfill a prophecy written by Isaiah 720 years before he was even born. That in their hearing, that in their sight, he's fulfilling what Isaiah had spoken about. Come on, can you just declare for a moment that we serve an amazing God? Hallelujah. He's an amazing God. Jesus, come on. Fulfilling the prophecy and, 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 and revealing it in plain sight. But it got me to thinking, why is it that they have ears to hear and cannot hear? He's saying the same thing in front of various people. Some of them got it and some of them didn't. What is that difference? What is that obstacle? Because I'm going to tell you, this is what you're going to find today. There's going to be those people that are going to receive it, and there are people that are going to reject it. It has nothing to do with you or your ability to speak out the gospel, but it's going to have everything to do with the individual who you're speaking to. Listen to the key to this verse in verse 15. For the hearts of this people have grown dull. As a man thinketh in his heart, so he is. Everything, life, wells from the abundance of the heart. It's a heart issue. And because their heart have grown dull, it's numb. There's nothing that can affect it, that can change it, that can charge it. They they could see it's numb. And this society has a a way of numbing our senses and and numbing our hearts and, and our minds, searing us. We don't even we don't even flinch anymore. Another terrorist attack in New Zealand. 48 people dead. And it's just like... Business as usual. Where is the value of life? Where, where is the heart wrenching? When, when, when we can pass laws that would 
pass late-term abortion at, at nine months. It's murder. These Who's going to... You got animal activists raising up their voices for turtles. Where, where, where are the voices for the children? They're human. They're ours. But their ears, they're hard of hearing. I could say this in this room. I'm, I'm received and I could say it in another room and I'm uh, literally throwing rocks at me. Their eyes have closed. They don't, they don't want to see it. They don't want to hear it. it. It doesn't go and coincide with their narrative. It, it interrupts my way of life, my comfortability. And because it's going to annoy me, it's, it's, if it's something that's going to create, create conflict, I don't, I, I don't want to hear it. I don't want to see it. How many people know that oftentimes humans suffer from uh, 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 that disease? It's called selective Come on, you're only going to hear what you want to hear. You're only going to see what you want to see. The, the Bible says in their eyes, they've grown closed. They've grown closed. And so, the tr- one of the truths that, that really, you know, uh, 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 struck to me is that a person's, it, it all has to do with a person's position of reception. It all has to do with a person's position of reception. Are you in a place to receive? What's your attitude towards God? What's your attitude towards the Bible, his word? People turn around, oh, you know, I believe in God. I'm, I'm, I'm a spiritual person. Oh, okay. And... um. What about living in obedience to God's word? Oh, well, no, you see, to me, God is. There you go. You just created an idol in your mind. You just created, that's idolatry. To me, God is. I'm going to create a vision in my mind, and I'm going to make out God and formulate him in my own ideology of what I feel he should be or what he is. To my understanding, that's my idol. I'm creating an idol in my mind. And I often speak to people, well, you know, my understanding of God is, no, no, hold on. It's not your understanding. It's not the preacher man's understanding. It's God's understanding. He reveals himself to be who he is according to his word. And you either like it or you don't. You can either conform to it or you go against it. But one way or the other, this is the natural progression of God's creative law. And we're either with it or we're against it. Everything has to do with our position, our position, our position. Are we open or are we closed? Can, uh, are we interested in hearing what a person has to say? Yeah, yeah, talk to me, talk to me. Yeah, I, I'm either open or I'm closed. I can either receive it or I can reject it. And I'm telling you that this morning you can fall into either category. And don't get it twisted. As holy and as spiritual as we can be, it all has to depend on our position that day, that hour, that minute. 
Be careful, let anyone who thinks he stands, lest he falls. We could be walking this walk in 30 years of sobriety, Holy Spirit filled, and all of a sudden, a sequence of events that would take place, get fired from a job, have a, have a spouse that leaves me, uh, go, go into some sort of, get into a car accident and not understand what I'm going through. A, a series of events that would positionally change my heart and my ability to receive from God. And rather than receiving from him, I'm blaming him. So many of the things that God is allowing in our lives, we, we, we want to blame him, not even realizing some of it may be protecting us. You're going to fall into one of the two categories. You're either open or closed. And I want to tell you that the Messiah is here before you today. Look around you. Testimony after testimony after testimony. Miracle after miracle after miracle. We're talking about what he's doing in our lives. Not 2,000 years ago. Not last year. But today. What is God doing in your life today? He's all around us. All we got to do is open up our eyes. And I can see Christ in your life. Christ in your life. Christ in all of our lives. We're either going to be receptive, we're going to have a desire, we're going to have a willingness to surrender. That's where he wants us, or we're not. I remember as a child, I, so much, you know, if I would have listened to all of the lessons and all of the teachings that my mother would have told me, but for whatever reason, I found myself oppositionally defiant. Whatever happened as a child, I knew that there was a rebellious nature inside of me. And I can't tell you exactly. I haven't been able to pinpoint it. I mean, I came from a dysfunctional household. And as much as I've tried to go back and reconcile and figure things out, some of the things I've just figured, you know what? It is what it is. I'm a man. And today, I'm only responsible today, tomorrow. Past is in the past. Sometimes I just got to leave that stuff there. God, you deal with it. But right now, I just want to deal with this. The things that you've placed in my hands today. See, the Pharisees, the Pharisees back in the day, they had all of the answers. They were the smart people, you know, the educated ones, the, the, the college graduates, the, the people of society. They had, you know, paper in their pocket. They, they didn't have to worry about, you know, being able to stop off and buying a candy cone, whatever. And here they were with all of the answers, with all of the prestige, with, with all of the, you know, uh, resources to be able to live out their comf lives comfortably. But yet they were so closed off to God. I mean, they shot down everything he said, everything he did. They were haters through and through. How many people know that we still got haters today? Those were some of the Pharisees. And we've got those people here today. We got them right in our communities, right in our workplaces, even right within our families. Huh? Come on. Got those people that they know the answers. Oh, you know, you take your God, you could take your religion, you could take, that's a crutch, that's nonsense. The Bible was written by man, blah, 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 blah. You're going to take them and they're going to shoot it and they're going to hate regardless because haters are going to 
hate. But there were others. How many people are glad that there's always others? That God, you know, the whomsoevers of the Bible. And by, God loves, he's, he's, he's attached to those whomsoevers. Even in a backslidden state, the Bible says you could be in a backslidden state, but I am married to you. You cannot divorce me. I am tethered to you and I will not let you go. Shut up. That was a word for somebody here this morning. The whomsoever is those who know that they're broken. Know that we're lost. And we hurt. And it's real. But yet every day the struggle is that, you know what, regardless of how I feel in my circumstances, I'm not going to compromise. I'm going to serve you and you alone because my life belongs to you. The whomsoever's. Desperately want to be made whole, open to receive from God. <laughs> I don't know who's getting ready to know their position of reception this morning, but I know that I'm open. Huh? Why don't you look at your partner and let him know, I'm open. I'm open this morning. I'm open to receive this morning for so long. For so long, I remember going into churches. I remember going into services and people... Yeah, all right, whatever, whatever. So close, so close, in the very presence of the Messiah, and yet, so far. And all I had to do was just take a position, change my position. I could have had it so much earlier, wasted so much time, but I had to do the position of my reception. For the next few weeks... I'm going to be um, exploring some of the parables of Jesus Christ. These openly hidden gems. And I love that because it's an oxymoron. They were open and yet they were hidden. They were in plain sight and they could not see. It was spoken of in their presence and they could not hear. And we're going to be doing a study of these uh, veiled truths, these stories that Jesus spoke about. The Bible has 46 parables, stories that Jesus told to explain spiritual truths using earthly experiences. And yet they were veiled and they were hidden, almost like a riddle. The synoptic gospels, known as the synoptic gospels, are Matthew, Mark, Luke. Matthew, Mark, and Luke. Synoptic. The word synoptic, sin, it means from one optic lens or vision. And so they're basically very similar and they're coming from one, one position, one lens. Matthew, Mark, and Luke are known as the synoptic gospels because these are the eyewitnesses accounts of Jesus Christ and they set out to, to write them as their eyewitness account. John came a little later and has a different flair to him as far as the gospel writers. But Matthew, Mark, and Luke are known as the synoptic gospels. And so we have these riddles, these parables that are written within the scriptures. And so I've called this series Synoptic Riddles. So for the next several weeks, we're going to be going over synoptic 
riddles. And, and, and so that means that these are parables that were written in, this, in all three synoptic gospels. So, so we're going to, out of the 46 parables that he wrote, seven of them were actually documented in all three gospels. And so I pulled those seven parables out. And for the next several weeks, we're going to be going over these seven. And this is going to be our sermon series called Synoptic Riddles. Amen? Amen. And so we're going to cover the first one because we have just about enough time. Uh, And if you would open up your Bibles to Mark chapter 4, verse 21 through 25. How many people are excited about this series? Huh? The parables of Jesus Christ made plain and clear to us. Hallelujah. So Mark chapter 4. This is uh, Mark uh, speaking this account. And Jesus said to them, his disciples, Is a lamp brought to be put under a basket or under a bed? Is it not to be set on a lampstand? For there is nothing hidden which will not be revealed, nor has anything been kept secret but that it should come to light. If anyone has ears to hear, let him hear. And then he said to them, take heed what you hear. With the same measure you use, it will be measured to you. And to you who hear, more will be given. For whoever has, to him more will be given. But whoever does not have, even what he has will be taken away from him. Matthew recollects the account, chapter 5, verse 14. And he says, you are, you are the light of the world. A city that is set on a hill cannot be hidden, nor do they light a lamp and put it under a basket, but on a lamp stand, and it gives light to all who are in the house. Let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father in heaven. Back in the day, there wasn't much room to a dwelling. The house was pretty much, it's what we would call today an open floor plan. Everything was open. Wasn't too many walls dividing. It was an open floor plan. So when it got evening at night, it didn't, they just took one small lamp. And, and they would put oil in the lamp and light it up with the wick. And, and this light they would take and they would hang it. And that one little light, that one little fire uh, 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 being fueled by oil would be enough to illuminate an entire house. A small lamp goes a long way. Don't forsake humble beginnings. We are his light. And even a small lamp, even a little flicker of a light can go a long way. How many people know that to be true? Huh? How many people drop anything in the dark and you pull out your iPhone or your Galaxy? I don't know. I'm not, you know. But you you pull out your phone and what did your phone have on it? You just swipe up and it's got a little, oh, this little light of mine. Come on, girl. That little light on that little phone is enough for you to be able to find 
that which you lost. If God wants to use us as his little light, guess what he wants to use this light for? To find that which is lost. A small lamp goes a long way. But let me ask you a question. This is a great parable, but what's in it? What happens when life begins to wear you down? The heaviness, the worries, the anxieties, bills amounting, physical ailments attacking the body, employment issues, not having work or having work but not enjoying work, relationships that are battered and shattered or or expectations that have not been met, temptations that are lurking all the way around the corner. We're constantly bombarded by the things that want to veil your light, trying to snuff you out, trying to hide your light. I'd like to just be able to point out an observation. You have the light. The light is lit. Do you put it on a lampstand or do you put it under a bushel? Do you hide it under a basket? Can I, can I just, Captain Obvious, the light is light. It's lit. It's either covered or it's uncovered. It's either put on a lampstand that can illuminate or, or it's being snuffed out and hidden and veiled from the rest of the people that may be in the house, that may be in that city. There are things that veil the light, that hide your light. And I want to ask you this morning, church, just a very simple question. As I, as I conclude this, what's hiding your light? What basket are you hiding under? What are some of the things that have caused you to fall back, to retreat, and to be hidden? If you are the light of the world, you cannot allow yourself to be veiled, but rather to expose Your job is not to hide, but to expose. But the adversary had flipped the switch on us. And that which was created to expose, to find the lost, has now been caused to be pushed back and hidden and veiled. And the light itself is being hidden in darkness. I'd like to point out another observation this light isn't, isn't shunned based on words that have been expressed, but by actions that are done. That they may see your good works and glorify your Father in heaven. I always say, it's not what I, don't do what I say, but do what I Come on, I'm just, an, I'm just another sinner following Jesus. Follow Jesus, the, follow me the way I follow Christ, but certainly don't follow me. We follow Jesus. And he is the light. 
Because he's the one that spoke light into very existence. Because in the beginning was that God created the heavens and the earth, and the earth was without form and void, and darkness was upon the face of the deep. There was darkness that was hiding the light that God had created, and it wasn't until Jesus said, let there be light. It was his own pre-existent light that came forth to separate the darkness from the light. And I'm here to just give you one simple reminder. I want to encourage you with this one simple task. Release your light. Release your light. Let's take the covers right off the light. Whatever's been hindering, whatever's been boggling you down, whatever fear has gripped you in regards to sharing your faith, whatever it is that the adversary has used to try to snuff you out and, and separate you and put you in a corner so that nobody else can, can, can see through your light. I say, let's reveal it. Let's pull it back. Let's pull it back. Whatever sin, whatever temptation, whatever hindrance, I say, let's reveal the light. Where you at, Oscar? Reveal the light. Let your light shine. I'm going to ask you as we get ready to close. Are you here today and feel like your light has somehow been snuffed out? Like the burdens of this world has covered and blocked out the very thing that God is trying to use to expose the adversary do you recognize that you may have been closed off maybe positionally you haven't been in a position to receive but something is stirring inside of you and and God is revealing some new things to you through his Holy Spirit and you're this morning in a position to receive and to be open. If that's you this morning, can I see your hand? Just a position of reception. Amen, 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 amen. Hallelujah. Would you stand with me, church, this morning? I saw several hands go up this morning. I, I pray that God would have used this word and was able to connect with you in a, in a certain way of, of revelation. You know, that's, that's the job of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit gives us illumination, revelation, understanding, the parakletos, the, the comforter that comes alongside of us and guides us into all truth. Oh, dear God, I pray this morning. The Peak Community Church is a young, vibrant, life-giving church in the heart of Peekskill. Come and visit us on Sunday mornings, 10 a.m. at the historic Elks Club, 1038 Brown Street. Thank you for listening.